God has given us an amazing word for this year, a year of breakthrough, a year of new levels, a year of advancement. You're going to witness and see things this year you've never seen in the history of your life. But let me tell you the other side of the story. As you are positioned to move into the greatness that God has for you in 2019, the enemy has also positioned a counterattack. And he does not want you to experience what Jesus Christ died, was buried, resurrected, ascended on high, sent his Holy Spirit to make sure that you and I have. The devil is about to, he is, all he's doing is trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus tells us in John 10 and 10. But Jesus said, the other side of the coin is I've come to give you life and life more abundant. An extraordinary life, a miraculous life. A life of advancement. A life where you're the head and not the tail. A life where you're above only and not beneath. That's the life I've come to give you. But you've got to know that there's an enemy. And that enemy is trying to kill you and steal from you and destroy your life. So the Lord gave me this word to follow up on this amazing uh, the, the things that he has told us about this year. That we cannot drop our guard that we must be ready for a fight. And the good news is, it's not a fight with our fist, but it's a fight of faith. He talks about the good fight of faith. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. As you go into this week, and the remainder of this year, that you will engage in the good fight of faith. 1 Timothy chapter 6 is where we're going to be looking at our scripture reference today, beginning at verse 11. And here the Apostle Paul is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to a pastor, young Timothy, as well as to Christians, to us even today. But you, O man of God, flee these things. Flee the things of the flesh. Flee the things that the enemy would try to engage you in. And then pursue righteousness and godliness. Pursue faith. Pursue love. Pursue patience. Pursue gentleness. And then he says in verse 12 with a command, fight the good fight of faith, so you can lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep this commandment. He says you've got to keep this without spot, blameless. You've got to keep this. You've got to make this a very priority in your life. So until Jesus Christ comes again. So we know that we got to keep this fight. we got to keep fulfilling this commandment until the return of Christ. He said, because Jesus is coming back again, which he will manifest in his own time, he who is blessed and the only potentate, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. I give you this command until Jesus returns. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. And I know this morning I'm speaking to every one of us, me included, we all have battles that we're dealing with. We all have challenges that come against us. If there's any, if there's any worth to you at all in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of darkness is coming against you. If there's any power, if there's any influence, if there's anything good in you, the, the enemy is coming against you. We all have challenges that we are dealing with. We, we have that in common. 
We, if we were to be transparent with one another, we, our, our challenges would have different titles and different names, be coming from different areas. But the common denominator, we are all under attack. If we have any worth to us at all in the kingdom of God, Satan has targeted to try and kill you, to try and steal from you, and to try and destroy you. But the good news is the abundant life that Jesus has come to give us is ours for the taking, is ours for the living. So we cannot let the challenges that are coming against us and the battles that we are involved in, we cannot let them discourage us and set us back. We have things that are coming against us, but we got to come through them. And I'm here this morning to encourage you to rise up and to flex every spiritual muscle that you have and let's go through these things together. Hallelujah. I like what the Apostle Paul says. He says we have to fight the good fight of faith. What I have found is I have counseled with people for, for 30 plus years. I have found that everybody, no matter, no matter how sweet their little tiny voice is or how deep their voice is, if, if I get into there, I find there's a, there's a warrior in them. There's, there, you, know, you think the little tiny grandma that's just the sweetest thing and we're always passing out cookies, you get on her wrong side. There is a fight in her. Okay. We all have this warrior on the inside of us and that is good. And Paul is calling that warrior to arms. And he says that we must fight this good fight of faith. And the good thing is, as you study this in the original text, it's not just you using your faith. Your faith has the power to fight for you. That if we will just engage in faith, if we will just walk in faith, if we'll just live by faith, and the Bible says our faith will fight this fight for us. So what we, we've got a, a warrior in us, faith, that wants to fight a good fight and bring us to victory. So, so you've got to let your faith fight for you. So it wasn't Paul fighting, and he wasn't trying to get John to fight or Timothy to fight. Or, 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 you know, he says, let your faith fight for you. So it's not a flesh fight. It's not an intellectual battle that we're going through. It's not just, i got to have more willpower. There is the access and opportunity for each and every one of us to let faith, the faith, the gift that the Holy Spirit brings, the gift of faith, the gift, that seed, that measure of faith that God has given to every one of us, that faith, if we will exercise it, it will fight for us. Hallelujah. I know that faith is a gift of the Spirit. The Bible teaches that. But we, and we also know that faith is a fruit of the Spirit. The Bible teaches that. But in this text, we see that faith is also a weapon of the Spirit. Not just a gift of the Spirit, not just a fruit of the Spirit, but a weapon of the Spirit. And the faith that God gives us, he, that will fight in the battle, it will win. Hallelujah. So you already know the outcome. If you will engage in the faith that God has given you and let that faith arise, let me tell you, that faith will win every battle. We know faith has uh, ears because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So let your faith hear the Word of God. It is the commander-in-chief commander calling faith to the front line, calling faith to arms. And then faith has to have eyes. It sees not what is in the natural, but it sees what God has said. It sees the victory. It sees the end of the battle. It sees the promotion. It sees the advancement. It sees the miracle manifest. It sees the blessing of God. So we don't walk by sight 
sight, but we walk by faith. We walk by faith because we've got to see what God is saying. That's why we've got to embrace the Word of God. We've got to believe the Word of God. We've got to stand on the Word of God. We've got to use the Word of God as a plumb line to build our lives by because the Word of God is telling us what to look at and what to see so that we can walk into that, not by the limitations of what is in the natural we know that faith also has a mouth and faith will speak into that void of a situation where there's darkness and speak light and light will come. It will speak unto that which is not and it will be. The Bible says that we have the declaratory power of God that in His name we can here on earth as ambassadors represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords and we can decree a thing and it becomes that in our lives as it lines up with the Word of God. So faith has ears, faith has eyes, faith has a mouth, faith has hands. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Faith will put the hands to a thing. Faith will not stand back and hide, but faith will step up and say, I'm going to put my hands to this object. I'm going to put my hands to this situation. I'm going to put my hands, and I'm going to release the anointing of God in this situation. And faith has feet. Faith puts its foot down and says, wait a minute, I was told to take the shield of faith above all things and quench all the fiery darts so I could take a stand. So I could take a stand. Stand against the wiles of the enemy. Stand against the tricks of the devil. Stand against the attacks and the setbacks that the enemy is trying to bring up against me. So faith has to take a stand. Hallelujah. And the good thing about it, if you'll stand in faith, it never loses. The Bible says it quenches every fiery dart. Every fiery dart. Hallelujah. I love that. So, so if you don't believe me, ask David. Go into scriptures. You're reading through the Bible, aren't you, this year? You're in this reading the Bible every day, four chapters a day, and we're getting through it this whole year. You ask David if faith works. Ask the Hebrew children if faith works. Ask Daniel if faith works. Ask Moses if faith works. I'm telling you, you're there, Father Abraham, probably you're reading about right now. Ask him if faith works. But the problem is that we've been infected by what I call a SILS disease, S-I-L, SILS disease, which is self-imposed limitations. The devil has lied to us. We believe the lie. And instead of the devil holding us back, we set this limitation about ourselves that is holding us back. And we have, we have so many self-imposed limitations. David said in Psalms 18 and 29 that God would help us leap over a wall and cut down the troop. But let me tell you what, before you can cut down the troop, you've got to first leap over the wall. And I believe that wall is self-imposed limitations. That we've got this barrier that we set up around us where we, we think we can't, and so we don't even attempt. We think we can't. The troop is coming in to destroy us, but we're to meet the troop, jump over that wall, leap over it, and God will give us the supernatural strength to cut down the troop. So we've got to get rid of these self-imposed limitations. They have to be cast off. They have to be overcome. We have to let our, fight, our faith fight these self-imposed limitations. I can't tell you what yours are, but I know that in that Adamic nature, we all listen, had that tendency to listen to what the devil said and believe what the devil said. And he has told every one of us what we can't do. He's tell, told every one of us what we're not good at. He's told every one of us what, where our place is. I say, wait a minute, who are you? Who are you to be telling me where my place is? If I'm a child of God, I'm a son or daughter of the Most High King, then I think I should be getting my placement from Him, my Creator, my God, not from you fallen demonic foe, no. Because you're a liar and whatever you say, you're the father of lies. So if I've listened to you 
that thing you said I can never do is a lie. It's a lie. Self-imposed limitations have its own vocabulary. It says things like, there's no use, you'll never make it, you can't do it, it's too far gone, it's too hard for you, it's just this stuff just doesn't happen for you and your family, uh, it'll never happen. That's kind of vocabulary, self-imposed limitation. And, and the enemy loves to use this to box us in with this seals disease and uh, so that we will never be all and do all God has created us to do. But I believe we should take some advice from, from David. David says, you've got to jump over the wall, and then you, can, then you can see God help you tear down the troops, run through the troops. We've got some walls that we may need to jump over. Ask the Holy Spirit, show me, are there any barriers? Is there any lids? Is there any limitation that I'm believing? Any lies that's, that I'm believing? Oh, you've messed up too much in your past. You can never be used in your future. Let me tell you what. If, if let's say my only sin, okay, Pastor Dick, you listen. Say my only sin in my 53 years is uh, I, I didn't share something at a fancy restaurant that was so delicious. It was just absolutely amazing. And they give such a small portion. I was so hungry. I didn't share a portion of it with her. That's the only sin I've ever committed in all my life. Okay. Now, we're pretending, come on, you can, that was a scared laugh. You're like, we agree with the pastor on that, and he may, oh my goodness, he's going over. He's one of those that's getting big hit. No, I said we're pretending, right? Let's say that's my only sin. And let's say your sin is that you've been a drug addict. You've actually sold drugs to support your habit. Let's say uh, in selling drugs that there were several young people that, that were even uh, under the age, still in school, and got the drugs from you, and they died. That was an overdose. And, and, and then you uh, broke up a marriage, and, and you destroyed that marriage and got in that relationship. And, and then let's say you uh, couldn't pay all the bills, so you uh, took a gun and you robbed the store. And when robbing the store, you shot someone left them paralyzed. Now they're paralyzed the rest of their life. And now let's say uh, you came to Christian embassy and you heard about the gospel and the salvation message of Jesus Christ and, and that, that Isaiah had prophesied that when he comes, his blood is going to be a righteous blood. It's going to be a, a sinless blood. He's going to establish a, a better covenant that if you would confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and repent of your sins and, and, and submit your life to him and surrender all to him and declare you're going to live your life for him from this day forward, that that blood that washed my sins away for not sharing that tiny, delicious meal with my wife, the only sin I have, is the same blood that washes your sins away, and you've done all of that. We stand equal. We stand equal before God. Do you see what I'm saying? In going forward. But the enemy will try to tell you your history has, has, will limit you. Your history will never allow you to be used by God the same way that, my, that God can use me. That is a lie. That is a lie. Don't let anything that the devil tells you hold you back. Now, we don't encourage a life of sin. We don't encourage a life of uh, debauchery. We don't encourage that. God hates sin, but, but he doesn't hate the sinner. And he has redemptive uh, uh, and forgiveness, redemption and forgiveness for the repentant heart, for those that will come to him and surrender everything to him. Thank God for that. Amen. So don't allow these lies that the enemy has been telling you, uh, which now the enemy can't hold you back. 
but you believe the lie, so you have these self-imposed limitations on your life. Let me tell you what. We've got to learn that, uh, that we, we got to stop doing that. we got to get rid of these self-imposed limitations. And the reason, and reason uh, being is because God has created greatness in you. He wants to do amazing things in and through your life. He wants to accomplish things that your grandparents even said, that'll never happen with him. <laughs> that'll never happen with her. God says, oh, you just wait and see. Because with faith, all things are possible. And we need this faith fighting this good fight for us. And, and miracles are amazing. I love miracles. Thank God for miracles. But there's a difference between faith and miracles. See, miracles would have put, a miracle would have put the fire out in the fiery furnace when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were cast in. It would have just, poof, the fire was gone, everything's cooled down. That would have been a miracle. But faith, even though the fire kept burning, it kept them safe as they walked through the opposition and not a hair on their head was singed and not even the smell of smoke was in their clothes. See, see, a miracle would have, would have killed the lions who were in the lion's den, you know, when Daniel was thrown in. But faith, even though the lions were still there and they were roaring under their breath, which that rumble just shakes every, the ground that they stand on, kept their mouth shut while Daniel spent the night there. Hallelujah. We've got to understand that our faith will fight for us and there may be some things we're going through, but we're going to come through them by faith. We're going to come through them victoriously. See, the miracle, and don't stop praying for miracles, will immediately take care of it and move it out of your life. But let me tell you what, those things that you still have to jump over the wall and you have to cut through the troop and run through that troop, it's going to take faith. It's going to take great faith for us to do that. And I know the enemy wants you to get discouraged and give up your faith in the middle of the battle. But let me tell you what, faith fights a good fight. Let me look at some of the things, help you see some of the things that faith will fight for you. First, faith will fight your fear. It will fight your fear. Faith and fear are always fight at war against each other. And, and, and too many people I find this day and age are too plagued with fear. But the, and the Bible says fear has torment. Oh, how the devil would love to torment your life. Anything that torments you, let me tell you what, is of fear and is of the devil. I mean thoughts that come against your mind, things that are going to happen to your children, they're going to get in a car wreck. I remember when Townsend got his driver's license. And he was blessed miraculously with a car. Someone just blessed him with a car. And there he's got a car. He's got a driver's license. He's taken driver's ed. He's passed all the tests. Everything's good. But I had to deal with a fear. I had to deal with a fear. I'm a good driver, I thought. I, I've not had an accident. I, I got my children safe. I don't want anything to happen to them. And now... I've got to let them ride with him. And to me, he's inexperienced. And, you know, that's nothing wrong at that time. He was a teenager. He's just learning. But I'm like, these are my, you know, all three of my kids in one car. And I don't know his driving record because he's just establishing it. And, uh, and, and he's like, Dad, I've gone through driver's ed. I've done good. I've aced everything. I, you know, I, I'm going to be careful. I'll be more careful than you. It's, you know, <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, right. And... Uh, <laughs> And then I'm driving him up to school, and he's like, Dad, I got my driver's license. I got a car. Man, come on now. Don't pull up in front of the school, you know. 
why don't you let me drive? And finally, I, I, I dealt with a little of it, and I let him drive, and it was like, well, I'm going to take the other kids. And he said, Dad, I'm pulling up in the parking lot, and you're pulling up right behind me to let the kids out. And he's like, what's up with this, you know? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I had to face this thing because the devil was telling me they're going to get in a car wreck, and you're going to lose all three kids at one time. And then when I realized, wait a minute, this is the enemy trying to, to, to torture and torment me. And I said, the faith that I have, it began to speak to me. And the faith in me, the faith of God says, you've got declaratory power that you can declare safety over your children. You can call on the angels of God to be a shield about them. And your son has studied and shown himself a well student. So let him go. Let him go. And, and I remember when I, I, I came through that, I was in my closet and I came out of my closet and I said, it ends right here. No more will I live with that fear. My children are as, as safe with Townsend as they are with me or as, as they are with their mom because it's the same Holy Ghost, the same angels and the same power of God. And I remember, whew, it just lifted off of me. And I was like, wow, I feel like I can live again because I was dreaming about it. I, this, the, the, the torment is horrible. I don't know what the enemy's been tormenting you over, but it needs to stop. I don't know what the devil's been lying to you about, but it needs to stop. You need to put him in his place. You are the redeemed of the Lord. You are the child of God. You are seated in heavenly places there at the right hand of the Father. You have a authority. You have a placement. You have a, a position. And you need to exercise that position that you have and that authority you have. Because the enemy will always find something. If it's not the kids, it'll be that pain in your side. And, and, and it's like, oh my goodness, I've got, I've got cancer, I'm going to die. You know, my parents or my grandparents had uh, 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 you know, stomach cancer, that pain, I know that's what it is, or my, my kidney's going out, or my liver's going out, or, you know, what, it, my gizzard's falling apart, you know. <laughs> Some of you get that, okay. And uh, I had somebody one time, I really did. Now, I'm not uh, promoting, you know, their lack of knowledge because they were unlearned. They'd, they'd stopped school very early in age to work on the farm. But my early ministry, I had somebody come up and ask me to pray for their gizzard. I think they meant their gallbladder. I really do. And I didn't want to offend them. So I just said, you know, I didn't pray for their gizzard because I know they didn't have one. But I, <laughs> I pray God touch them where they need where they need, heal them, where they need it. I was thinking it's probably their gallbladder, they're having gallstones or something like that, but they said they're gizzard. And uh, I don't know if they really believe they had a gizzard or maybe they just had gizzards for dinner that night and that was a carryover in their mind, I don't know. But the enemy will do what he can to bring fear in your life. Some of you are living with fear right now. That spirit of fear has a grip on you. It's over your finances. It's over your health. It's over a relationship. It's over your children. It's over your parents. It's over something there. The enemy doesn't play fair. And God sent me here to tell you, this is a year of breakthrough. This is the year of advancement. This is the year of the next level. And you need to expect what the enemy's going to do, but you don't need to accept what the enemy's going to do. You expect what he's going to do, but you're not going to accept it. And you've got to fight against it. And you don't fight against it with your intellect. And you don't fight against it with your experiences. You fight against it with faith. 
And you let faith fight this good fight to come against this fear that the enemy is bringing into your life. You, you know 2 Timothy 1 and 7 as well as I do. God has not given us the spirit of fear. That fear is not from God. You need to rebuke it, resist it, and cast it out right now. You need to give it its orders, its marching orders right now. You need to say in the name of Jesus, you spirit of fear, you, from, you come from a foul source, you go into dry places right now. I rebuke you, I resist you, devil, in the name of Jesus. God has not given you this spirit of fear. It is not from God. It needs to go. You don't need to fear death. You don't need to fear a loss. You don't need to fear whatever it is the devil is bringing against you. You need to put a stop to it right now and say, in the name of Jesus, I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I'll live the full years of my life. I will live healthy and strong and whole and blessed. And God will meet my every need according to His riches and glory. I refuse to allow the spirit of fear in my life. God has given you power. God has given you dunamis, dynamite, power, and love in a sound mind. Hallelujah. I say faith is the white corpuscles of our spiritual anatomy. You know, when your physical anatomy has a bacteria, an infection invading it, uh, the Bible, I mean, uh, you study the body and you see that white corpuscles, they immediately uh, go racing to the place of infection and begin to attack it like an army, build a sack around it, and they build a, 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 war, a warrior barrier around it so that it doesn't go anywhere else. The same thing is with faith. We need to let faith do its work. Where are you going, faith? I'm going over where the bacteria of fear and the bacteria of torment is working in the child of God, and I'm going to attack it. We need to release faith. We need to release that today to fight the good fight of faith for us. Faith fights fear. Hallelujah. Please listen to me. This is the day the Lord has made, and I will be glad and rejoice in it. Fear will steal that from you. Fear will steal that from you. If you're not able to rise up every day and rejoice and be glad in that day, you, you know the enemy has a foothold here and it needs to go. He needs to go. Hallelujah. Faith fights your fear. Faith also fights your feelings. And you better thank God faith will fight your feelings. Because your feelings, oh my goodness, I had people come up to me, please pray for me, Pastor. I don't feel saved today. Let's get real now. There are times I don't feel saved. You know, Pastor, there's times I don't feel God. There's times I don't feel spiritual. There's times I don't feel goosebumps. Sometimes I don't feel the, woo, the glory. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't feel anything. And when that voice comes and says, see, you're not saved. You, you, there's no place called heaven. See, you don't have anything. Man, my faith begins to rise up and fight those feelings. And, 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 and you know what? There are times I don't feel victorious. There's times I don't feel like more than a conqueror. There's times I don't feel like the head. Uh, uh, I feel like the tail, okay? There's times I don't feel like an oak of righteousness, the planting of God. I don't feel that. But according to the word of God, my faith brings me back into center. And says, wait a minute, these are feelings and they are passing. Feelings come and go. Aren't you glad you didn't marry everybody you felt like you were in love with when you were in high school? You think where your life would be today. Come on, feelings change, okay. 
<laughs> and that, that gas you thought, I mean, that uh, cancer you thought you had, and you went and found out, and the doctor, and they did all the studies, and said, oh, that's just gas, you know. You're like, thank God that feeling passed. Of course. So the f- faith will bring you back in alignment to the Word of God and, and say, wait a minute, this is what the Word of God says as it fights my feelings that I am the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I have the power of God with me whether the sun is shining or whether it's at midnight. The power of God is never removed. The the angels of God have never forsaken me. God's Spirit is in me and working through me at all times. And faith begins to, to speak to you and bring you up out of your feelings back into alignment with who God is and what God has done. He is still wonderful. He is still counselor. He is still the mighty God. He is still the everlasting Father. He is still the Prince of Peace. He is still our healer. He's our deliverer. He's our miracle worker. He's our provider. Come on now. Faith will preach to you. Faith will preach to your feelings and get your feelings in order. Hallelujah. And isn't it good to know that because we all have to deal with feelings. Can you imagine Noah after 40 days on the ark and only one window and all of those animals pooping? Can you imagine if you were to ask him, Noah, how do you feel? How do you feel? Sometimes you just got to stay on the boat because the boat's going to make it through the storm. And don't let the feelings or the smell of the place hold you back. What about Job? Don't you feel all spiritual, buddy? He probably said, I don't feel anything. I just lost my children, my stocks, my family, my health. Look at these boils on my skin. The only comfort I get is sitting on this pile of scraps and taking these shards of pottery and scratching. That's the only relief. That's the only relief I get at all. And you were to ask him, how do you feel? What do you mean? I've lost my children. I've lost my wealth. I've lost my family. I've lost my health. He said, but you want to know how I feel? I believe this was faith fighting for him. He says, I know my Redeemer lives. And my faith is helping me fight my feelings. For I know that my Redeemer lives and He will stand at last on this earth. And this skin, even though it's destroyed, I know that in this flesh there's going to be a miracle. In this flesh there's going to be healing. In this flesh there's going to be restoration because in this flesh I will see God. Hallelujah. Man, that was faith fighting some terrible feelings. I can tell you that. Some of you here today, you've been going through some tough things. The Lord showed me. He said, some of you are going under the weight of some very heavy things and tough things, uh, and it's affecting your feelings. But please hear me today. Faith is greater than your feelings. I'm telling your feelings can't change your faith, but your faith can change your feelings. Uh, And faith will fight your feelings and bring you out victorious. Hallelujah. That's what was happening with Job. That's what was happening with Noah. And that's what's happening with us today. I'm telling you, Job got double for his trouble double blessed in the end and I'm telling you you're going to come out of this if you'll just stay in the fight if you'll let your faith fight the good fight of faith and you don't back down and you don't give up and you don't turn around and you don't throw in the towel and you say I'm going to stay in this thing God says I'm going to the next level I'm not letting my circumstances and my feelings and this fear hold me back I'm not going to let any self-imposed limitations hold me back I'm going to leap this wall and I'm going to run through the truth through the, by the power of God 
God and the victory that He has promised me. I'm here to tell you your faith will fight for you when your finances want. Your faith will fight for you when your strength want. Your faith will fight for you when your family want. Your faith will fight for you when your circumstances want. You need to place your hope in the Lord and say, let faith arise. Let faith arise in me that I become the man or the woman of God of faith. Hallelujah. Because now faith, now faith works right now. It's the substance of things that are not are hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We're not going by our feelings. We're not going by what we have in front of us. We're going by what God has promised and what God has said and bringing it into the now so that it can manifest. Faith will fight your fear. Faith will fight your feelings. And faith will fight the facts. Thank God for that because as Christians we are not uh, checking out intellectually. We're not checking our brain at the door. There are some facts that we have to face. Facts are truth. Facts don't lie. Fear is a lying spirit, but facts are real. A fact is a fact. But faith can overcome a fact. A fact can't change faith, but faith can change a fact. Because faith is, is rooted in the Word of God. And the Word of God can come into darkness and create light. The Word of God can come into cancer and create healing and restoration. Faith, uh, God's Word through faith, can come into a situation of bondage and bring deliverance. Hallelujah. Just like that. So whereas facts can't change the Word of God, the Word of God can change the facts through faith. Abraham was called the father of many nations. And when he got that promise, he was 75 years old, married to a woman 65 years old, and they had no children. It was a biological fact that a 65-year-old woman and a 75-year-old man don't normally have babies uh, to be a nation that blesses all the nations of the world. But faith fights facts. Faith fights facts. And we need to be encouraged by that because there may be some facts in your life today that, that says it can't happen. You laugh at those facts if God has given you a word that is contrary to those facts. I'm telling you, it was 90 years old. I mean, Sarah's 25 years later. She's 90 years old. She's nursing a baby boy named Isaac. It was a miracle manifest of God's Word in the situation where fact says it can't happen. 90-year-old woman don't have babies. But this 90-year-old woman had a baby because the fact was challenged by faith. Abraham, even though he considered the body dead, he said, this is the fact. He said, but I'm going to hold on to God's promise and I'm going to let my faith bring in the promise to override the fact. Hallelujah. You may be faced with some facts today that says it's grim, it's hopeless, you only got a few months uh, of finances left or you've only got a few months of life left or you only got this or that. I'm here to tell you what you need to do is take hold of a promise of God's Word and you need to by faith take that promise and bring it in and override that fact and the name of Jesus we're not denying the fact we're not hiding our head in the sand saying it's not true it is a fact and don't get mad at the one that gave you the fact there's professionals out there that give you the facts that's their job to give you the facts there's nothing wrong with that here's the facts but let me tell you what God gave Abram the facts he said here you are but when you're a hundred and she's 90 you're gonna have a baby hallelujah let me tell you what you need to know that the facts are the facts but faith can fight the facts and change them for you. Hallelujah. Joshua had a battle in the middle of a battle. He was fighting so hard 
And the fact is that the earth was rotating around the sun, tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. Every, every second was adding time on the clock, and the, it was getting ready for the sun to set, and it was going to be nighttime. But, but Joshua, was, he was winning. He had momentum on his side, and he didn't want to give up, and he wanted to finish the battle coming against the enemy. And what did he do? He looked at the fact that it's about dark, but he declared according to faith. There was a burst of faith. And he looked at the sun and he said, Sun, stand still. Sun, stand still. This time thing, stop right now. And when he did, God put his foot on the brake of the whole universe and it came to a skidding halt. And it's like God said, well, here's a man who said it and believes it. You know, he said it, he believes it. So what am I to do but stop the whole universe in response to his faith? In Joshua 10, 12 through 13, we see that God stopped time. He stopped time because Joshua had a burst of faith and said, my God can do anything. And, and I'm, God's helping me win this battle and I just need a little more time. So stop, son, stop. And God stops time in the universe. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, faith will come out of an intensive care unit when someone had the fact that they had a death sentence, and I've seen them walk up on this platform and declare, I will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. When the facts were, we're going to be burying them. When the facts were, get a funeral procession, get a funeral service together. That was the facts. He can't, she can't come out of this. But we know that faith can fight the facts and turn that thing around in the name of Jesus. I close with this one. Faith fights fatalism. Now, fatalism is a sense of hopelessness. It's that mindset that things will never, ever change for me. Things are not going to get better. Things are never going to turn out right for me. And you, you develop this fatalistic mindset. The marriage is over. The future is over. My career is over. My finances are over. The dream is over. I might as well give up. Please hear me this morning. Faith can rise up if you will allow it and can fight that spirit of fatalism right now. I, I like what the Bible says. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against it. Hallelujah. That word standard in the Hebrew means a banner of absolutely, absolute victory and ultimate power. That's the standard, like in battle. We've got the flag on the mountain, and that standard says absolute victory and, 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 and unconditional power. Praise God. So when the enemy, and some people say, well, you know, Hebrew doesn't have, uh, you know, your, your punctuation marks. So who said that comma should be after flood? What if it was after enemy or you know, comes in? When the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. I say it doesn't matter where you put the, the comma, the standard still stands at the end that you have absolute victory and you have absolute power. Hallelujah. And God will do that. Praise God. Faith will fight the spirit of fatalism. One of my Bible heroes, heroes is Barnabas. I love Barnabas. His name means son of consolation or encouragement. Consolation puts your arm, it's, it's a picture of consolation, it puts the arms around you and says, you can make it, you can make it. I, that's how I see the Holy Spirit using me here at Christian Embassy. I come here every day, every week, I want to come and put my arms around you, say, you can make it. 
You can be all God's created you to be. You can do all God's created you to do. You can make it. You've got access to the Holy Spirit. You've got the name above all names that every knee must bow in heaven on earth and under the earth and tongue confess that he is Lord. You can make it. You've got the power of his name. You've got the power of his blood. You've got the power of his word. You've got the power of his spirit. You can make it. If you're surrendered to Him and you've repented and you've turned your life over to Christ and you've allowed His Spirit to live in you as you're the temple of the Holy Ghost and flow through you and you're quenching Him not, you can make it. You can make it. Barnabas came uh, to Saul when he was Saul and now being called Paul and he'd been killing the Christians and now he says, oh, he's coming into the Christian group saying, I've been converted. And they're like, yeah, right, yeah, right. You're just fine and getting a list of names and... And what we saw happen to Stephen is going to happen to us. I don't think so. And he said, no, no, I really, I saw the light. I got knocked off a horse. I saw Jesus. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You've learned the lingo. And Barnabas came and put his arm around him. and says, guys, listen to him. He's truly, he's truly converted. He is now a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you look at the Paul's missionary journeys. You look at all the most of the New Testament that he's writing by the, under, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. God uses him mightily. But it took Barnabas putting his arm around him, saying, come on, you can make it. Let's do it. And then when Paul and Barnabas are doing their missionary trip and they take this young boy, John Mark, with them and, and, and things didn't work out too good with Mark and he, he leaves them in the middle of the missionary journey and goes back home and then the next missionary journey is coming up and he wants to go again. And Paul said, nope, nope, nope. You left us holding the bag this last time. We had to carry all that stuff that you went on the trip to carry for us. And all this time, he's like, oh, nope, we're not going to do that again. This is too important. And Barnabas comes alongside John Mark and says, come, we'll go. You can make it. And that's when Paul and Barnabas went from going together to it being Paul and Silas. Because Barnabas stepped aside, putting his arm around John Mark. The saying... Mark, who writes the New Testament gospel. Praise God. Son of consolation. I want to put my arms around you this morning so you can make it. Come on, I don't care what the devil said. I don't care what your history has been. You can make it. God's got a plan for you. God's got a purpose for your life. God wants to do greater things to this year than you've ever experienced, things that you've only dreamed about and some things that you've not been allowed yourself to dream about. He wants to do great things through you. He wants to do great things for you. And I'm putting my arm around you as a son of consolation and I'm saying to you, you can make it. You can make it. I know you can. Through Christ, you can do it. But you've got to engage in faith because faith fights a good fight and it'll bring you victoriously through it. You may have gotten fired. You may have gotten laid off. You may have been cheated out of something. You may have gotten the wrong end of the deal. You may have got a report that you're going to die. Whatever it is, I'm here to tell you the Word of God says you can overcome this. The Word of God says you can come through victorious. The Word of God says what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn it for good. The Word of God says... God wants to turn this thing around in your life. You're not going to die. You're not going broke. You're not going under. You're not going to be homeless. You're not going to lose it all. I'm telling you, the Word of God has promised you life and life more abundant. You can make it. You can make it. In Jesus' name, you can make it. But you've got to engage in the faith that God has given you. And you've got to let it become a now faith. And say, come faith. Fight for me. Fight against this fear. 
fear. Fight against my feelings. Fight against these facts. Fight against this fatalism. Fight against it in the name of Jesus. I'm fighting the good fight of faith. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I'm not letting go. I'm going forward in the name of Jesus. Somebody get real. Somebody get raw. Somebody get back to the basics. Somebody get back to the grassroots of it all. It is faith in Christ. Faith in His Word. Faith in what God has said. And let that faith arise. Would you make a, make a symbol that you're going to stand your ground and not let the devil take it this year as you take the shield of faith and quench every fiery dart. And make that symbolic gesture by standing with me right now. Say, I'm standing. I'm standing my ground. I will not die. I will not surrender. I will not give up. I'm going to stand under my authority, Jesus. And I'm going to lift up my shield of faith. My faith's going to fight for me. So start quenching. Not, not some of the fiery darts. All of them. We need that this year. Because the enemy's hurling the fiery darts at you. Because of the prophetic word of God's greatness that he's decreed over you this year. The devil said, I got to get them January. I got to get, get them in January. I don't have to worry about February through December. Get the shield of faith. Get your shield of faith. Let faith arise. Faith, open your ears and hear the word. Flex your muscle, get strong. See what God is showing us. Say what God has said. Put your hands to what God has said and begin to stand and move forward. Onward, Christian soldiers. Moving forward into what God has promised. Hallelujah. As we stand here in prayer, I'd like our prayer intercessors, prayer ministers, if they would just come on to the front right now. And as they're coming, if you want someone to stand in agreement with you in prayer for anything, I want you to meet them here right now. No delay. Just run on up here and meet with them. They're going to stand in agreement with me. If you, if, with you. If you want to just come to the altar and pray without a prayer of agreement, you just want to come to the altar and pray, come to the steps over here and just pray and just kneel there or sit there or stand there and pray. You don't have to come for agreement, but for those who want prayers of agreement, we have prayer ministers here. Just come, just come. We're not going down. We're not going down. We're going over. We're not going back. We're going forward. And you may need somebody to stand in agreement with you to settle that thing right now in the name of Jesus so you can bury it and go forward. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He wants to forgive you. If you will repent, He'll forgive you. He'll wash your sins away. He'll come into your life. He will literally turn your life from bad to good, from darkness to light, from bondage to freedom. But you've got to accept Him. You've got to invite Him in. You've got to ask Him to become your Lord and Savior. And if you want to do that, come, come. Come, come, let one of these prayer ministers pray with you right now. Oh, it's a simple prayer, but it's a serious prayer. It's a sobering prayer where we surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. If you want to move into the Father's plan for you and move into eternity and have your name written in the Lamb's book of life and, and be able to have that gift of faith arise in you, you need to be born again. You need to be born again. You need to repent of your sins. And you need to ask Jesus to come in. And, and you need to experience that new birth. You can right now. These prayer ministers will pray with you. But you need to come. You need to come. You need to come.
Maybe you're going through a physical battle. Maybe you're going through a health issue. Maybe you're going through a financial crisis. Maybe there's a relationship tear apart. I mean, it's just really ripping you apart. I'm telling you, these prayer ministers are men and women of faith. And they will join their faith with your faith and cause your faith to rise up to the front and leap over the wall and run through the truth and see the victory in that area. Come let them pray with you, that prayer of agreement right now in the name of Jesus. Just come, just come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. We thank you for what you're doing. Oh, my. Oh, do not, do not, do not miss out on what God has for you. Don't miss out on what God has for you. The Bible says one will put a thousand to fight, two will put ten thousand. This one, this prayer minister that will stand with you right now in a prayer of agreement will amp it up ten times. Ten times. Hallelujah. There's no need for you to leave here today discouraged. There's no need for you to leave here today lost. There's no need for you to leave here today in bondage. There's no need for you to leave here today with any discouragement in your spirit. God is here. He has the answer to every question that you have and He has hope for you. A hope that will lift you. A hope that will encourage you. A hope that will let you see that in the supernatural what He has for you. Hallelujah. One last call. If you need prayer, come. Pray. We have some prayer in the intercessors that are available. Prayer ministers are ready here. Available. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't miss out. Don't miss out. There's power in prayer. Let me tell you what. There's power in prayer. Oh, faith is activated in our times of prayer. A prayer of faith. A prayer of faith will move a mountain. A prayer of faith will tear down the strongholds. A prayer of faith will open the door. The prayer of faith will resurrect the dead. The prayer of faith is powerful, powerful. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And I want to pray with you as a congregation and everyone who's tuned in. We thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of our digital audience out there. You are, you are as real as we are in this building. And your situations and circumstances are as real as anything we're dealing with here. And the same Holy Ghost that is in this building and in us corporately right now is there in your living room or in your vehicle or in that place of business or in that break room or out in that park there where you're listening to this. And God wants to touch you there and deliver you there and set you free there just like He's doing here. And I want to pray for all of you now. Father, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. God, we pray a prayer of faith. We pray a prayer of faith. Lord God, that the power of your Spirit would reach into every broken situation and bring wholeness. That the power of your Spirit would reach into every sick situation and bring healing. Lord God, that your power of your Spirit would reach into every place of lack. And Lord God, be the supernatural provider. Lord God, that you would open doors that seem impossible to be opened and close the doors that the enemy has opened to try and get us off track. We pray in the name of Jesus that you would reach into the circumstances and situations in the heart of the matter, where whatever the need be. And Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. You are here to touch and meet every need that we have. You are Jehovah Rapha, our healer. You are to bring healing and wholeness and deliverance. You are Jesus, Jesus savior of the world to bring sozo to everyone to bring wholeness to bring bring uh, together bring it back together what was scattered apart lord god let the power of your spirit work supernaturally and i pray that everyone under the sound of my voice would confess to this day jesus jesus you're my lord you're my savior 
we would repent of our sin, get our sin under the blood of the Lamb, washed away, cleansed, removed from us as far as the east is from the west. And as God, you have forgiven us. We forgive those that have trespassed against us that we might go now showing your nature to those around us. As we declare your Lordship, we surrender all. Now, God, I pray you would bless in a supernatural way, even beyond the thinking, even beyond the experiences of every person under the sound of my voice, that you would bless them in a supernatural way above and beyond anything they've ever thought. This week, I pray, as we now go, we go in the name that is above every name. We go under the blood that has cleansed and redeemed us and provided for us all that we have through the atonement. We go by the Word of God, led by your Holy Spirit, as we go in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. How about bless one another, love on one another. And if you still need prayer, our prayer ministers will make themselves available as long as you need prayer. But may you go in the peace of God and in the power of His Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen.